0: Hey guys, welcome to Weak Woman, Perfect God, the podcast. On this show, we will unveil and define how to truly invite God's power to be perfected in your weakness and hardship as mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Each week, you will be empowered and equipped to find beauty in your weakness, embrace the journey, and rest in the arms of a perfect God. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I am your host, Alexis Shay, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to season two of Week Woman Perfect God, the podcast. I am excited. I'm excited to be back for another season, to get back into the flow of podcasting. And I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody that has stuck around to even see a season two come into fruition. Uh, you know, thank you for taking the time out to listen. And I pray that it will be a blessing unto you, just how it's been a blessing to me. Um, so I just kind of want to hop, hop in, you know, get straight into what God is I feel that the Lord is speaking to me; that He's laid on my heart, and it just so happens to be a message or uh, a quick word about heart desires. So, this past Sunday, Mother's Day, actually, uh, the prophet at my church did a message. I can't remember the name of it now, but if you follow Church Unchained on Insta, or not Instagram, but YouTube. Uh, it'll more than likely be the message that was posted on around May the 11th or May the 12th. And so it was a very, very, very powerful message. Uh, one of the scriptures that he actually came out of was Jeremiah and I pay attention in church. Let me just take this quick tangent. Um, I'm not a big note taker because I, you know, the, I heard the scripture, from Apostle Jonathan Ferguson, the tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And he mentioned, you know, and I learned how to record with my spirit, basically. Um, So that's kind of been my method of note taking um, is recording in the spirit. And so I don't have notes, I didn't, you know, I can't recall to you the full message, but trust that If it needs to come up, the Holy Spirit is going to bring it back up. But there's this one part of the message that is so strong to me right now. But it's in the scripture that he came out of, which was Jeremiah 45. um, I believe around verse 4. But God is speaking to Baruch, who came from this uh, very esteemed, very established uh, I think they were, uh, you know, very politically established family and God had chosen him to be a scribe, which was not very esteemed. And so it's in the modern day as if he went to Harvard or if he came from the Obama family or this this, you know, well-known, highly esteemed, very successful family name. And God chose him to be in modern times, maybe to feed the homeless or maybe to be a teacher or to just be a housewife or a mother, you know, things that may not be the, you know, you know, little kids don't (laughs) desire to be those things or have dreams to be a mom or to be, you know, feed the homeless or to serve. So, in modern day terms, it's as, it's as if, you know, that was his his experience. Um, and so the Lord was speaking to him, you know, in the beginning of Jeremiah 45, he's saying, woe is me. The Lord has added to my sorrows. And, and he's saying these things and the Lord responds. He says, do you see great things for yourself? And it's almost like, Kind of like one of the obvious questions. Like when Jesus asks the man, do you want to be healed? Uh, like, of course we seek, you know, of course. But God responds and he asks him, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. And he's saying, for I will bring adversity on all flesh. And everything that has been built up will be torn down. Everything that has been planted will be plucked. And he ends the scripture by saying, but I will give you your life as your reward. I will give you your life as your reward in all places, everywhere you go. And so God is kind of highlight- highlighting this scripture to me right now because I feel like this is not even I feel like. Let me rephrase that. This is definitely the season that we're in where. It's almost like an exchange. It's like as we surrender to God, he as Psalm 37 says, he is giving us the desires of our heart. And so that full scripture actually says, and I'll, you know, it actually correlates it in that scripture as well. It It speaks of not coveting or not being envious of the wicked for they shall soon be no more. We see this constantly repeated in Psalm 37. Do not, you know, envy the wicked. Do not uh, be a uh, de- desire to live how they live. And even in that scripture, it says, Blessed is the little that the righteous man has than the riches of the wicked. And so, let me put it in terms, you know, a lot of times we will be envious of what we see on social media especially now you know in you know may this is grad month this is the month everybody you know that you may have went to school with and even myself i'm seeing you know everybody i went to school with they're graduating with master's degrees and and all these things and just to kind of be transparent about my journey Um, So I graduated from Georgia Southern in December 2019 and 2020 was the year for me um, where I thought was going to be the year that I was up, but it was the year that God sat me down. And, you know, I spent the year after I graduated um, because a few months after I graduated is when COVID hit. So I was seeing every everyone that I graduated get, with get promoted. I was seeing them get the job offers. I was seeing them get the new house, new apartments, moving to new cities, doing things that in my eyes were big, starting new businesses. And, I, and it just felt like, wow, God, what about me? And I feel like God was saying to me, even then, I couldn't hear it. But God was saying to me, do you seek great things for yourself? Do not seek them. Do not seek them. But I, I was seeing everyone graduate and I really, you know, um, what do they call it? The post-grad blues. That is a real thing. Um, when you graduate and, and things don't pan out, how you've been planning for them to for the past four, sometimes eight, ten years. But what God worked into me was a exchange I delighted myself in the Lord. and He gave me the desires of my heart. And so the prophet at my church, he did a message on this scripture. I believe it's called the desires of the heart or heart's desires. But he gave the revelation that this of what this scripture is actually saying. So as opposed to what most pra- pastors will preach that. God, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you everything that you want. He will give you everything that your heart desires. He'll give you the husband. He'll give you the job. He'll give you the, the career. He'll give you the family. He'll give you the children. You know, everything, anything. You know, it's like Oprah. Like, you get a husband. You get a car. You get a wife. You get a child. You, But the revelation behind the scripture Is that what God is actually saying, what he intended by placing it on David's heart to insert that verse into the Bible is that if you delight yourself in me, I will give you your heart's desires. And I know you're probably thinking, well, girl, that's the same thing. What are you saying? Well, God is saying, if you delight yourself in me, I will give your heart what it desires. I will give your heart what it should desire. I will give your heart its desires. And so I I found, you know, that in, even in 2020, even in this place I am now, that as I'm submitting to God, my desires are literally changing like the wind. And what I thought I truly had desired, I desire no more. It's like the desire dies. And to give you an example... Uh, several examples, actually. So in 2020, I had just graduated. I have these big plans. I'm like, OK, I'm going to move to Atlanta in the top of the year. You know, I'm going to I had planned to get my master's degree, my MBA, actually. Um, and I had research schools I had done all my research. This is 2020. And it, it's like God shut it down. His hand was against it. And so it literally couldn't happen. Um, And I remember him asking me to surrender that desire to him. Uh, and and that was something. And it almost makes me emotional. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Um, Ooh. <laughs> See, it's the hose that gets watered first. Because, my God, I need this just as much as y'all do. But... I he asked me to surrender that portion of my life to him. And I did, and it's something that I had to grieve and I don't know, I I guess, you know, it's something that I'm still grieving. Um but you know, I I remember I literally grieved getting not being able to get an MBA cuz that was always a desire um to to get to, you know, master in business. Um, and so I submitted that to him and he opened up, um, it wasn't immediately, but he opened up desires to start this ministry, which has brought me unspeakable joy, unspeakable fulfillment, because this is my purpose. Um, and so even recently, y'all, I'm gonna try to get through this without crying because this is one of the things that's fresh. Like, I'm in this thing right now. So, you know, but I'm boasting in my weaknesses. I'm boasting in the fact that I can't do this on my own. But my perfect God, you know, his strength is boundless. And so he will get me through this season. But even, you know, from 2020, fast forward to uh, 2022, in this season that I'm in now, God is having me to give up my desires for the career that i always dreamed um so a, a you know just a little bit of you know brief testimony um i actually got the interview with the job of my dreams <laughs> like how my uh <laughs> how my mentor always says my pastor um hunty, I got the interview. I'm not, and I'm not, listen, baby, I'm not talking about just one interview. I got first round, second round, and then I got the in-person interview. And when I tell y'all, this job is everything that you could imagine. It is located in the heart of Atlanta in just a beautiful location. Like, like it's, it's everything that... I, I want it. It's it this is the job that you graduate that you go to school for. <laughs> um but it and literally it was only and I I I don't understand it fully. I don't I don't know why, you know, I even got so far. Maybe God was just allowing me to get a little bit of the dream out of me. But, you know, just a sneak peek in a door and see what what it could have been. But <laughs> um uh it was just so amazing. Like the staff was amazing, um, uh, or from what I could see. And I got all the way to the third round interview and I never heard back from them. Um and in that time where I was waiting for a response, and this is recent, like this is a <laughs> child, it's current, but um in that time you know God was speaking to me to surrender that to him and you know I uh, I'm in that process now where I, I all over again just like in 2022 I'm having to grieve you know cuz listen I'm a, one thing about me I'm gonna be real with y'all Um, most people will tell you, you know, God is going to give you that job. God is going to bless, but some of us will never get the job. And that's just, that's just real. Some of us will never be successful in that career. Some of us will never, you know, some things you just got to accept, you know, um, your reality, the reality in God, because Those were great things that I sought for myself. You know, as children, we are groomed and trained to seek great for ourselves, to go to school, you know, to be a doctor, be a lawyer, to have the family, have the white picket fence where we are literally groomed into thinking this way to being selfish but God is raising up a people who will seek first the kingdom of God and allow God the Almighty to add these things unto us and so you know we're we're trained to think that way but as God is raising up these these people it literally takes surrender and allowing God to give our hearts its desires You know, I love that, that scripture. It talks, Psalm 37, I encourage you to go read it after this, but it over and over and over, it says, do not envy the world, you know, do not be jealous or, you know, covet the things that they have because there is a casting down and, you know, God kind of alluded to this in Jeremiah 45, but he, he speaks to Baruch, he says, I will give you your life as a reward, and that's not saying I will sp- you know necessarily that I will spare your life, but God is saying to you, just like he's saying in psalm thirty seven I will give you your purpose, I will give you the life that I intended for you, the life that I planned for you. when I wrote the days you know the days of your life, God knows them. He knows your're coming and you're going. He knows your end from the beginning. God literally knows your funeral up until your birth. He knows every day. And so he will give us the life that he planned for us, that he has written, you know, that he has created for us to live the purpose that he has for us. He will give us that life as a reward to our surrender, to our allowing him to be to flow through us fluently and not us give the world ourselves or to reproduce selfishness. But God is going to give us our heart's desires. He's going to give us the purpose, the life that he intended for us as a reward. And so I, I, you know, I'm in that season where I'm giving up the dream career, you know, and, you know, some things, some things, you know, I saw this this reel on Instagram and it was this woman and I guess someone asked her the question. It was like, "Are you going to boss up about it or are you going to cry about it?" And she was like, "First of all, I'm going to do both." <laughs> and that's literally me right now cuz first of all, I'm going to cry about it. I'm gonna cry a couple of days about it. I may it may be a week, but I'm gonna pick myself back up because the righteous falls seven times, but he gets back up every time. So though you know, in this time where I'm seeing you know my classmates graduate with master's degrees and get the job and everything, kind of just works out. You know, I it's a. It's a challenge for me and and really a correction to not covet that, to not be envious. Not saying that God is going to bring harm or calamity to them, but if it's attached to the world, it will die. It's almost like I am the vine, you are the branches. He that uh, remains in me, I will remain in him. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't. We have to get to the place where we understand that apart from God, we can do absolutely nothing. We can do absolutely nothing. You know, you want what you're doing, the works to be found in God and to be founded on God. You know, the Bible speaks that in the end, I believe it's in judgment. Every work will be tested by fire. And so if I have not built a thing on God, it it will not stand the test of the fire in the end. And so it will perish. And this is, you know, I believe this is one of the things that God is speaking of about the casting down in Jeremiah 45 and in Psalm 37. Everything that is not built on God cannot stand the test of fire, cannot stand the shaking I'm reminded of that scripture in Psalm 127, unless the Lord build a house, the builders build in vain. And so, you know, having whatever vision, whatever thing you're working towards, having that thing founded on God, like the foundation of this is is from the Lord. it's, It's very vital. God is revealing what desires of the heart are of him and not of him. And so I just wanted to encourage you to submit to God, to delight yourself in him. And maybe that thing that you're desiring, you know, maybe it's something that you sought for yourself and God is saying to you, do not seek great things for yourself. Um, it's, it's a call to surrender our idea of perfect for his perfect. I remember God saying to me um, last year that God can't give me his perfect because my perfect is in the way. And so as I surrender my perfect to him, he will bless me with his perfect. And my perfect was I get the perfect job in the perfect location. But his perfect is that I start a family and be in ministry. And, you know, God's plan for our lives supersede our own. And though it may not feel that way, you know, I think a lot of us have have a testimony where those of us that are that are truly being led by the Spirit. You know, a lot of us can give you a number of testimonies where we've had to surrender some things to God. And it was not pretty because that's not an easy thing to do. That's not something that the world... And it's, it's so funny because when I tell people this or, or try to mention this to them, even my family, they're like, girl, what are you doing? Like, girl, take the job. Like, if the job offered me the position right now, I I can't say that I would take it because I'm after the desires of God. I'm after the heart of God. And that sounds preposterous to the world, but I don't want to have no attachment to the world because everything not built on him will not stand. It will not stand. So... If you are like me, and you are in that place where God is asking you to surrender some things, I want to read this scripture from Psalm thirty seven, and we can close with this. In just a little while, the wicked will be no more. And just a quick insert this, this is not to to hope that pros the you know the people that may be in the world to hope that they fail to hope that they perish. This is not to hope because God is patient, not wishing that any would anyone, any would perish, but that all would come into repentance and salvation and to know Christ. So this is not to wish evil on people, but I, I just want to make that clear while I read the scripture in just a little while. The wicked will be no more, though you look carefully at his place, he will not be there. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The wicked plots against the righteous and gnashes his teeth at him. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming The wicked draw the sword and bend their arrows to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose way is upright. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bow shall be broken. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. The Lord, and I'm skipping down to 18, the Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In days of famine, they shall have abundance. But the wicked will perish and the enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. Down to 25. I have been young and now am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously, and his children become a blessing. See, we are so focused on being blessed, prospered, (laughs) profiting, but God is trying to enable you to become a blessing to someone else. God is wanting to bless you with the finances so that you can be a blessing. He's wanting to give you these things, the house, you know, so that you can bless, be a blessing unto the kingdom. I just want to pray. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for this word. We thank you for a new thing that you are doing in this ministry, God. Father, I even pray that you continue this word and this work in the hearts of your people, God. And allow us to see that it is not a shameful thing to have to give up those things that we have sought out for ourselves for your kingdom. It is not a thing to be despised that we. Give up our lives in pursuit of the life that you have planned for us. But, Father, let us let it be known this day, God, that you are proud of the one who can come to your kingdom, to your throne, and bow to the one who can cast his crown, God, our crown of success, promotion, education, status. Let us cast our crowns. At your feet, God. That is something to be esteemed. You know, what is up in the world is down in the kingdom. And what is down in the kingdom is up in the world. So God, I thank you that you esteem highly those that can surrender to you. And those that can, that can literally allow ourselves to be a conduit for what heaven wants to do in the earth. So God, we just thank you, God, and I thank you, God, that you see the one who is seeking first the kingdom of God. I thank you the one that is is, is giving up their uh, giving, surrendering, after surrender, after surrender. And it feels like, God, what do I have left? God, I thank you that because of you, we have everything. Blessed is the little that the righteous has than the rich than the abundant riches of the wicked blessed is the little that the righteous have and god i thank you that even the one uh far greater is the one inch in the spirit than a mile in the natural far greater is your one inch in the spirit than their miles in the natural so god i thank you god that we shall not despise the day of small beginnings do not despise the day of small beginnings. I thank you, God, that there is where, where there is a casting down in the world, that there is a lifting up in your kingdom. And I thank you, God, that, that that the righteous are blessed. The meek shall inherit the earth, God. I literally thank you for your principles, God. I thank you for your principles, And I thank you, God, for your grace for the one who has to surrender, for the one that you are requiring to give up the things that they have sought for themselves. I thank you, God, that even as they walk in obedience, that they begin, that they have the awareness of you fading those false desires, those carnal desires. May they not only sense it, but they have the awareness of what you're doing in their hearts, God. And may your desires be ever flowing through us may your desires be so boldly and so pronounced in our hearts and in our lives god so father we just thank you i bless you honor you glorify you god and i thank you god that even in my own life that you get the glory god i thank you that you are helping me to process through all of this and i just ask you know even those listening that you continue to pray for me in this process in this season. But God, we thank you and we bless your name and thank you that you are helping us. Thank you that you are helping us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Really quick. Um, you know, one of my sisters sent me this um recording of a pastor. And he kind of gave his revelation or his what God was showing him about this story of Jesus in the boat with the disciples that are crossing the Sea of Galilee, I believe, to the get to the other side and the storm is raging and this is where Jesus is in the boat sleep. And you know, the disciples are waking him, up, waking him up out of his good nap, his good rest, saying, Jesus, do you not care that we are perishing? And immediately, you know, Jesus rebuked the wind and rebuked the waves and the disciples respond, who is he that you know even the waves and the winds obey him, and you know many people you know this the pastor kind of came from the perspective that many pastor other pastors have kind of given you know this story in the in the understanding that God rebuked the the storm so that the storm would not overtake them but the but this pastor came from the perspective of the assignment, the disciples and Jesus they were crossing the Sea of Galilee to get to the other side because there was a man um that needed to be healed. There was an assignment on the other side of the sea. And so this pastor preached that that text from the perspective that God rebuked the storm to assist to to allow them to fulfill the assignment so for so that the man could be blessed. And so, you know, this is something, you know, I got the revelation this week and I've literally seen that. The the following day, God literally rebuked the storm so that I can be successful in accomplishing that which He's He's given me to do. And so I just pray that over you even now that what is stop that God is against what is against you. Not just so that you can sit at peace and read your Bible and, you know, worship and and be happy, Um, which, you know, God God wants you to be at peace. God wants you to study and, and, you know, not be in a storm and perish because of a storm. But there is a person on the other side of your sea, on the other side of this storm that God wants to bless through you. It's almost like when Psalm 37 said, and they are a blessing, God wants you to be a blessing. And so he's going to help you to be a blessing. He's going to help you to be successful in what he's calling you to do. He's not just going to give you this test, you know, because I always thought of that. You know, when people say God is silent in the test, I always thought of a teacher walking through the room. That was pressure, (laughs) When that teacher is walking through that room and they, they brush past you, that was immense pressure for me. And that's how I kind of view God in that, in that respect. But I learned that God is, I had a teacher in third grade. God bless her. She prayed over me. She would help me. But that teacher, when we would, let me not put our business out there. But she would help me. She would literally help me with tests. And so God is the teacher that helps you in the assignment. He helps you to submit to him. He helps you to surrender to him. He helps you to be obedient. He helps you to be humble. He's helping you to surrender the desires of your heart. So I just kind of want to throw that little cherry on top that God is helping you with this. This is not something that you have to do alone. He's helping you in the assignment and know that when he rebukes the thing that is against you, when he rebukes the storm, it is not just for you, but it's so that you can get to the other side of this sea and accomplish the work, the work of healing, the work of deliverance that God has created for you to accomplish, but know that he's helping you. I had to get that out that last little bit. I had to get that out, but I pray that this bless y'all. Thank you for listening. Um, I will catch you guys on the next episode. And thank you for tuning in to season two. All right. Bye, guys.